Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to episode nine of the AI Comic Pod. Uh, sorry, it's been a, a bit of a long wait since we last recorded. There was a bit of a technical issue. I've gained a lot of weight and I wasn't able to fit into my red light pursuit anymore. So we had to delay this pod because we are actually going to be talking about The Flash and I wanted to make sure it was in my speediest form. So also sorry for that mental image. It's not a very attractive one and I hope we haven't lost one of our two viewers. But anyway... I'm Stu, as always, and with me, of course, is Rory. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. I've just got an image now of the Incredibles and Captain America struggling to fit into his, his red spandex. It's pretty and, uh... much like that, only I've got better hair. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty much it. I, yeah, you almost have increases, man. That's a hell of an opening line to a podcast. So, yeah. yeah. We are back, finally. So we are, we've been itching to do this, really. It's just that things uh, in life, you know, get in the way a little bit sometimes, which is, you know, it's part and parcel of it. But we hope you've all been very patient and you all enjoy. Uh, we've got a couple of pods coming and some good, exciting stuff around the corner as well. Yes. And finally, we are ve- we're getting very close to doing a Deadpool pod, which is yes. we, we've been wanting to do it for ages, but we wanted to leave it a little bit longer to let everyone have time. Hopefully yeah, if you haven't seen it by now, you're absolutely so. crazy. Just go and see it before we talk about it soon. Yeah, frankly, if you haven't seen Deadpool yet, we're potentially going to fall out because you've had more than enough time. I've seen it three times now, and if you've not seen it once, you're a terrible person. <laughs> anyway, I, you know what I'm blaming for this? I'm blaming yeah. for the people who actually put work into their podcasts. Well, you know, when we were on the Europa League one, I felt really, really bad because we just turn up and just talk bollocks for a little bit whereas everyone else has got like catchphrases i know and i feel a bit effort. bad because this this pod um was kind of inspired by like my my work on the movie movie pod a couple of times on the ai movie night and and joe's so prepared and he's he's so diligent and, and thorough and, and we care we watch a lot of comic 
book TV and cinema. Yeah. That's that's a really hard thing to do to there, prepare there are, for these I kind am of so films, dedicated. You know? I watch this stuff in work whilst I'm working. <laughs> I will then have a lunch break and watch this stuff on my lunch break. And I'm doing this for you. I'm not doing this. Okay, I am doing this for me as well. But you guys also benefit. Exactly. So and I, I have to come home it. and repair Marvel Lego that's just been smashed to pieces, and you know, put the kids to bed and strive to watch all these trailers and it's watch horrible, all these isn't films. It? You have to watch it's TV tough. And play with Lego. It's really tough. It's really. <sighs> it's almost it's as tough. though that's why you had a kid, uh, so you could get a Lego Marvel set out. Well, I don't know. I've been eyeing <laughs> up the new Captain America Lego set. <laughs> my my missus is like, "Is that for you again?" No, 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 no. It's not not for me. No, Jacob really needs a new present. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be doing exactly the same thing in the future. No, no, yes. no. This isn't for me. Why are you playing with it? Yeah, well, you know. He, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. It's yeah. not, it's not, you know, it's what it is. We're here anyway to, to actually talk about something, not just talk complete shit. Um, so we're talking about the flash, um, uh, which, which we've been itching to talk about really, because I'm, I'm quite a newcomer since I've done the AI comic pod. I, I very much have kind of thrown myself into all the other aspects of things I've not seen. And, and the first thing that Stu probably pushed at me, um, quite rightly too, and, yep. you know, slap on the wrist for not watching it is, is The Flash because it's probably the, the most accessible series of all of these kind of genres, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. you know, the Netflix stuff we talked about with Daredevil is great. Oh. And, and, you know, it's oh. so good. And, and I love Jessica Jones and we will and, and, cover and that. I, I, do, I have to stop you there and say, and don't forget, depending on when this gets released, there's yes. only two more. We're recording on Wednesday night. We are two days away from the release of Daredevil season. Exactly. So, yeah, so exactly. hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have already binge-watched it. Yeah, and is it going to be released as a big bulk again? Yeah. Do we know? Everything oh, all in Jesus. one go. I'm no lucky. sleeping this weekend. I'm then. lucky because Michelle's actually away on Friday night, so I think I might not be going to sleep Friday night. Oh, you legend. Yeah, that'd be ace. Um, I, I totally agree with what you just said anyway about it's definitely the most accessible. I think it is, yeah. Th- I things think like it's Agents the one of that... S.H.I.E.L.D. that they started so slowly and it yeah. lost a lot of people because people are going, right, come on. Come on, do something interesting, and they're putting all the time. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Arrow, and I I watched the Arrow years ago. I watched the first episode, and I just it just didn't click with me at the time. It just I found it too slow, and I I just I wasn't kind of in the universe or in the headspace at that time, so it just didn't click with me at all. Um, And then obviously since revisited it, but the Flash, literally, I watched it and I was hooked. I, I, it did have that effect on yeah. me because it's one of those things that if you're not watching it with adverts, a bit like we said with, with Netflix, it's it's a 40-minute, 42-minute episode. And you can watch one and then you might seek another one. And then if you're really not that tight, you might watch another third one. Yeah. And it's like... That it's is the joy of really catching addictive. up after the fact, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I love... I love watching them so they're, they're regular. I mean, I, I watch them the day after they're shown in America because I have yeah, to Yeah, I do that too now. But I also love when you can go back to a show that's a, 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 a season's finished yeah. for exactly that, that you've just said you don't, you can watch as many as your tiredness will allow you to. And yeah, it, and it started at 100 that. mile an hour. It, it really did. It got straight in. It's I a clever, it's you. clever series because you said about. I think you you kind of implied that it it really had learned from the arrows kind of yeah not not mistakes. The arrow is a very different style, but it it's it's a very more methodical, slower approach to things. Things don't get resolved in one episode, whereas the flash 
does have kind of undercurrents of things going on, but very much each episode can be watched as its as its own entity, and it yeah you know, it, it ticks all its boxes, and you know it's a little bit like those kind of series of old like I don't know like the X Files where it was there's a there's an undercurrent of plot going through it, but also it's just a one off. This is the villain yeah. this week, or this is the plot, and I kind of like that about it because I I watched one and I was like, oh, I want to watch another. But you watch another and you don't. There's no there's not always a massive connection between the two until until a certain point in the series when it all kind of starts to revolve around. It's always you know, the big bad, isn't it? I mean, the, the, season one, the, the big bad was the reverse flash. He, yeah. he doesn't turn up right at the beginning. I think he turns up in about episode seven or eight or something. Yeah. But it, exactly as you say, you've got the main undercurrent just simmering away in the background, but then you've got another villain on top of it. So you can watch them as isolated and I think that's especially good and the X-Files is a brilliant example because it increases the rewatch value you can watch episode episode 15 of season one of The Flash you don't have to have seen the previous 14 episodes to appreciate the the, the action the way it's shot the special effects and same with the X-Files you can pick it up in season 8 and you can still take on board everything that's been said and done even though you don't know everything that's happened before it and where they've come from and I, I've loved the Flash. I, I stuck with Arrow because he's one of my favourite characters. I've grown up reading the Green Arrow. I've not yeah. read of, as much of the Flash, but he's always been in and out of the Green Lantern, Batman, Justice League. And I think the Flash was always, you know, I've known the Flash because I, you know, I think a lot of people do know. He's very well known, Flash, is it? not not just because you know, of the original but, TV show, but yeah, he, he, I think that if you were to go to people and sort of say, right. Well, what, what does the Green Lantern do? People wouldn't know. But if you ask people, well, who's the Flash? They'll be able to say, oh, you know, he's the, the one that runs really fast and he can time travel and he can vibrate yeah. through walls. And and it's it's funny, really, because, like, Quicksilver doesn't have that impact in Marvel, you know, whereas, you, you know, with DC, Flash is actually quite prominent, you know, throughout its kind of comic book kind of history and stuff. He is. Um, I mean, he's, he and played and a he stands part. out. I think it's, it's just, it's not just... It's the suit, and it's it's obviously the... I don't know, it's something about that there's, exhilarating... There's definitely you know. something about the suit. I mean, because it's bright red, and the, the fact that wherever he walks, runs, wherever he's drawn, there's yeah. always the yellow streaks of lightning behind, so it does the artwork. is very... You, you, know, you do have to give it to that. The visuals are quite... And then we'll, we'll obviously touch on that, but the, the visuals are really incredible in The Flash. I think, you know, it's... I think the budget's probably there... Where I think when the arrow was starting out, it, it you know, it was yeah. still at a very much a level of this is quite new to us. It, it was um, it was the un, that unknown factor, wasn't it? They obviously didn't want to go and throw. I mean, we we don't know what it is, but let's just say a hundred thousand dollars an episode. They might be hesitant to throw that because they don't know what's going to happen. So exactly. they put a bit, those first couple of seasons of Arrow. I think they had a capped budget because it was very low low tech, wasn't it? It was low tech and. You know, even in like the end of series two, they give up the mansion because I think the rent bill was probably too high per yeah. show to even use it. You know, it's like it felt like this is a show done a little bit more stripped down and a little bit more, you know, basic. And obviously, there's there's effects involved and ships and other things, but but you do think the Flash with its with its action and with its with its animation because that's the big key with it. You know, all the effects driven work is with is is 
spot on. But also the the soundtrack. I remember that that opening kind of music. It's kind of it's really well done. It's rousing, all the isn't effects it? It, and all it, the, it has. Yeah. That, it's got a speed to it. It's got that sort of puff your chest out to it. Whereas Arrow has got sort of more of a a dark brooding feel to it. Yeah, but yeah, it, exactly the, that. The two things could. I don't know how they've managed to do it, but the CW are doing pretty much, I would say, the perfect job. They've, let, they're they've, doing they've got these two work, properties. Yeah. They're both getting good figures, but they're not pulling in mega figures. But they're letting them grow and develop in a really natural and fluid way to the point where they are going to start getting really seriously good ratings. I mean, they're getting great press from Arrow now. Press, yeah. I think the first couple of seasons got, not slated, but I think they got a little bit little bit poo poo because it was slow and like you said it was a little bit a bit too raw you know people wanted it to be a bit more polished i think the tricky thing is like and you know we did talk about netflix and how they produce things the netflix series look immaculate for what they're basically films aren't they yeah they they it's like almost like they've taken you know the batman films or sin city off the page and just utilize that effects and utilize that you know it looks incredible but uh, you know netflix have probably got a much more infinite budget than, and and the way they source it and the way they they you know show it is is a very different style to, to the way it would done on on network television in the u.s so um i do you know cw i think of learn and are growing and developing and like you said i mean you know now if you go on social media you know the day after the flash comes out or the arrow comes out there's IGN articles, there's, you know, multiple source media on, you know, on last night's episode and, yeah. and what, and, and talk about, you know, who Zoom would be and talk about this and talk about that. And that's the scale and, and size it's grown at. And now it's trying to link in with the films, obviously, albeit with different actors and the rest of it. But, you know, it is, it's a good card play to use DC. You know, DC's got a great, you know, amount of, of material to use in the right way. I've always maintained that, that DC has got better IP than Marvel. The problem is they've never known how to use it. And exactly. that was one of my big concerns. When they used the Flash, I was thinking, well, hang on, this is one of your big hitters. You've struggled a bit with Superman because you can't let him go. You've done Batman to a T, but now you're not retiring him. Yeah. You're too scared to do Wonder Woman. You've done Green Lantern terribly. You know, the, the Flash is, if you were to sort of rank the top five most, you know, for me, yeah. they, they would be four of the top five characters. So if yeah, you yeah. then go the Flash, I'm thinking, well, if you do this badly, you are just watering down the the, the big hitters that you can call on. Oh, yeah. So that they, they've really I, done well. They have done so well. To, they've picked the right character, and they've picked the right character at the right time because we, we've said publicly, privately, on here, on Twitter, on everywhere. This is the best time that we've ever known for comic book media, both films and TV. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, and yeah. It, you could make a film or a TV show about pretty much anyone, and as long as it was done carefully, best case, of course, is Ant-Man, it will yeah. be a smash. It really will. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, I, I keep reading about what the budget for films are, and then reading that on top of that, the marketing budget's going to be you know, so, you know, crazy amounts of money. So I think, you know, budget for films are like $400 million and then the, the marketing budget could be $100 million. Yeah. And it's just like, holy shit, that's if you, incredible if you'd said that volume 10, of money. years ago that someone would be spending that much, say, to promote a film that's about Batman fighting Superman, you'd have been locked up. 
Yeah, and, I and mean, certainly, if if you were to say now, if you if you said to someone say, you know, when Friends was really, you know, the the go to show, or the X Files, as you mentioned, if you were to say there's going to be a time when four out of five days during the week there are comic book shows on TV. Exactly. And they're going to be well-received. They're going to be watched by a wide demographic of age, gender, interests, all the rest of it. People have looked at you a bit funny because comics have always been a nerd thing. They've always been a bit niche. But you've got Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, spanning Monday to Thursday. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's crazy And they me. want more. You know, that's the thing. You know, they, you know There's more had- on the way. Yeah, I, there's I can't more remember what it is, but see the way Netflix is. kind of interlinks to it, and you know, yeah, there's much true. more on the way, and they they just they're desperate for, C- for CW material. Said they they've got another show in the pipeline. I forget who it was. Oh, I saw the, the, this. There, there no, some, actually, there, there was a big I, actress. I saw another one which wasn't CW. It was someone else having a pop at it, and it's it's someone who's a lawyer living in like a. She was an ex superhero, and she thinks she's trying to. It just looks. It I know what I'm thinking good. of. I've got a feeling. Please correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter, but I think it might have been something saying that Vanessa Hudgens had been signed on for a, a secret comic project, and it might Maybe. have been a CW one. But CW, I think, must have some kind of a first come first served. The only thing with CW, DC. yeah, they might well do. I don't think CW like to keep their mouths shut about things, <laughs> so no. I think secret doesn't come into their thought process very often, unless it's a marketing ploy. But um, it probably yeah. is, isn't it? Because as soon as you say, "Oh, there's something in the pipe works," but we can't tell you, Twitter explodes. There's links oh, being, being flown everywhere. And yeah. the, the, if if we go right back to the beginning of the flash, that the first time that the the first big talking point of this yeah. was Grant Gustin make, makes his name in Glee. I would rather poke my eyes out and claw out my eardrums than have to sit through Glee. So is I was he from terrified. Glee? Yeah, it, 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 he's done other things, but I believe his big role, the thing that really sort of catapulted him, was yeah. Glee. And wow. I was really concerned. And when I saw him, and I thought, right, you're casting that kid as Barry Allen, because Barry Allen to me was always mid-late 20s. I thought he would have made a better Wally West. Cause yeah, for anyone that's yeah. not, a big, not a big reader of the comics, Barry Allen dies in inverted commas in a gigantic storyline, and it was either 84 or 85, called The Crisis on Infinite Earths. He runs so fast that he merges with the Speed Force, and Wally West, who was his protege called Kid Flash, steps up and becomes the Flash. And in true comic book fashion, Barry Allen comes back because no one's ever really dead. Even when you see a body, you are never dead. But I, I thought, Only in The Walking Dead, of only, course. Oh, God, yeah. And even then, that's because you've been decapitated and set on fire. Yeah, a baseball bat but, to the but, back of the head kind but, of thing. But yeah. I thought that, that Wally West would have been a more natural look, look yeah, for him because of his I age hope and his the build. series doesn't go down this way because I'm not a big fan of the actor that plays Wally West, if I'm honest. I think I, he's I'm not a average. big one either because Barry Allen was was a bit more serious. Wally West was the the younger, the the wise cracking one. I, th- I, I think they've molded it, the the role a little bit in fairness. Cause yeah, I, I, mean, I think they've merged the two. I think they've taken the Barry Allen name and persona and job, but given a little bit of the Wally West youthfulness and injected that into it. I think but, we must say at that point, he's. I think he's pretty incredible in this role. He, he's um, been f- absolutely flawless. Uh, yeah. With, as soon as I watched the first episode, I went, shit. Shit, he's the Flash. 
Yeah. Like, you know, Chris Evans is Captain America. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Grant Gustin is Barry Allen to me. And I am fuming, F-E-W-M-I-N, fuming, that he's not going to be the Flash on the big screen because he's earned it. He's 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 earned it, but the, the weird thing with it is he's very much got a face for it as well. Do you know what I mean? He's he's, very, he's a very he, marketable young guy. You know, he's a handsome guy. He's, yeah. he's got a good smile. He's but he's also he's very charismatic. You put him in front of you put him in front of the camera to do a little PR piece about even Batman versus Superman. And yeah, he's drawing people in with the way he talks. So he's definitely got the gift of the gab. Yeah, I, and that's what got me about him early doors was he is entirely comfortable with it and actually even when he's got to play emotion it's pretty believable which for a series of this kind of style and nature is it's quite hard to pull off especially you know? yeah when, when you're talking about you know he's a man that can run that so fast that he can do this that and the other you sort of don't expect them to be dealing with such you know they deal with some really big you know theological issues like when he goes back in time you know the the, the causality of effect of yes you yeah, could yeah, save yeah. your mum but you saving your mum could kill five of your best friends. And it, it's, a, it's a big role for him to play because ugh, comic fans as a whole, I think it's fair to say, a lot aren't very forgiving. So if, if this role was to go badly, he would his stock potentially drops. I mean, we've, talked, we've spoken before about the Chris O'Donnell effect. Oh, yeah. Chris O'Donnell had a shit performance as Robin. And whether it was a direct result or just a pure coincidence, he disappeared for about 10 years and all of a sudden he just comes back well, it's barely so, reappeared has he you know but so, um, you know Grant yeah. Gustin this, this could have been a big risk for him yeah this it could really it could. could you know I think people will see it as a big opportunity at the same instance but absolutely um, but it, yeah it, like you said it's for you know it's difficult with the comic book genre because I don't know what actors think going into it, whether they think it's going to be a longer term role, whether they think it's going to really succeed, because I know the flash is coming off the back of, of what is successful, you know, arrow after, after a couple of seasons, but it's not, it still was a couple of years ago. And it's still, I still think other than the film franchises, which are obviously huge, the TV is not guaranteed to do that. Well, I mean, there's a lot of TV series that have come and gone. Constantine was tried for a year and that went. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gutted about that one. That, that I haven't one. watched it actually. It, I did enjoy the film, so I might have to go. And it it really it. hurt when they pulled that one because the guy that played him was brilliant. He, he played him brilliantly. There is a chance, allegedly slash rumored, um, that he might come into the second season of Legends of Tomorrow, which interesting he, he could do because they've got the whole shtick of their time traveling, so they can go anywhere and bring in anyone that they want. Yeah, I'm not ready to get on board with that yet. (laughs) Yeah, that one's definitely harder for people to get into. But the the Flash is quite, you know, as far as comic book things go, it's quite believable. You know, we both like a bit of realism, don't we? And it was Kay, wasn't it, who was talking about the the realism that he wants from his films and his TV show. Yeah, he was. And he went into it in, frankly, breathtaking detail. Yeah, he made made us look stupid, yes. As, As many people probably will do going forward. Thank you. But yeah, you know, we, we like the, the the edge of realism, and I think it's not that un, you know unthinkable that there could be an accident in a lab that could give someone these powers. So it, it's not you know it's not like Thor. You know, oh yes, there's a 
a race of these sort of alien mm, people that have been depicted Stu, you're stretching a bit, man. Someone oh, with, come with, on. You're stretching pretty far. Someone will get powers of that nature, and lots of metahumans will get powers of that nature. You I know? said it was I a bit know. realistic. I'm not saying it's actually going to happen, but, you know, if anyone starts building a huge reactor, I'm going to move closer to it and see what happens. <laughs> And just well, myself you in do chemicals. live near Salford, so there's bound to be some kind of nuclear implosion at some stage. I'm in the nice bit of Salford that's not on fire. I have to tell people that I live in the <laughs> nice part. I mean, I'm not telling people where I live. They're all weird people. Um, I meet people off the internet. It's strange. Yeah, I think the thing with the Flash is, you know, it, it, it's it's more of a, you know, whilst it's on the edge of realism, I, I get, I do get what you're saying in, in that regard. I think the human element of it and the narrative of it, it's it's really solid. I think it's a really well produced series. And it isn't really just about the action; obviously, it's about the character development. Certainly, the really first half of that first season, isn't it? You know, he's thrust into the limelight, and he's every week he's learning a different thing that he can do, and he's pushing himself, and that's quite believable in itself, isn't it? You wouldn't just learn a power and say, "Right, well, no, I, I can I do love, this." I love the the whole kind of premise behind him developing his his speed and his his, his superpowers, as such as is that it's all being done as a as a ploy to get him to be able to, to you know, to, to time travel. So, you know, Harrison Wells or, uh, what's his name? Eobard Thorne. There you go. Um, so he can actually travel in time back to, back to his, his actual time where he's from. So I do love that kind of concept. Once you, you know that, that kind of clicks, it's, he's played excellently. Harrison Wells, it's, it's it's kind of happy in in a way that he comes back in some form in the second series, and I know we're not really going to talk about that, but I think he'd be quite missed because he's definitely actor, missed. He gels it all together really well, and I think he plays it with a good kind of level of experience and and believability in terms of his his role. And, and he's a very good villain, edge, isn't he? Because he's you can see him on the edge of. You know, he's always got that kind of edge about him. But when you kind of find out he doesn't need the chair and and then when you find out about the, the yellow suit and stuff. The, I was, the first I was time really he went hooked. into that secret room. I was room. really hooked. Yeah. He, he, the, the first time he goes into that secret room, you're thinking, yeah. just when I think you can't get any more diabolical, you found another level. And you like him, but you hate him. He's very believable. Oh, he's, he's a likeable villain. You're really much. kind of rooting for him, even though you're yeah. kind of not rooting for he's him. He's one of those, if he died, you'd be thinking, well, I hope he comes back. I hope someone's got some kind of magic spell or time yeah. travel that can go back and save him. And generally, I would say any scenes that he's in, Tom Kavanagh is the best actor on scene. He's probably the best outright actor in the show overall. I think he is. I think he does lift it. And I think in the second series, when they were probably writing it, I think they must have thought, look, it's going to be a tough ask to to take him out of the equation because there's a few actors in there that are good. There's a few that it's still a little bit like it feels like their first gig and they're still growing into it a little bit. You know, I'm not saying it is, but... You know, a series of that nature can't cast superb actors across the board. It, it doesn't really work that way. No. And, and they're working with quite a large group of people. I think we talk about the Arrow and and generally with the Arrow, it's, it's quite similar, but there's a it's slightly smaller set on most episodes. And, and obviously Cisco and Caitlin are in the majority. Um, Cisco is just, as far as the supporting cast go, Cisco is far and away my favourite. See, I knew you were going to say that, 
and and I do like him. He just does great on me a little bit. Oh, I, it's I not quite him. Daredevil. It's not quite your guy, your man from Daredevil, the the partner at the law firm. Foggy. I've forgotten his name. It's not Foggy. He's he's much better than Foggy. Um, it just I think he does add a kind of lightness of a bit of comedic value, and I kind of love the. I love the names he makes up that's, for the meta That's humans. why I like it. I like him because I see bits of myself. He's always He's got, a comic book geek. He, he's know. got the inappropriate comment. Whenever there's a tense situation, he's always got the funny one-liner. And the, the insistence on getting not just a name, but it's got to be the perfect name for the villain. And if somebody else comes up with a name, he's mortally wounded by it. Yeah. And the, the T-shirts he wears, like he's worn Big Bang Theory T-shirts, so they've got a nice little sort of meta reference to... Yeah, some other yeah, comic yeah. book things and just looking at it when you were saying you know certain people it might be their first gig yeah that is actually um his first gig well uh, i think Carlos he grows Valdez. into it i think the turning point for him in the series is the episode where barry actually goes back in time because that's where things kind of turn upside down so he creates the uh like the tsunami doesn't he on on the, the coast and he has to yeah. go back in time to save everyone and that's the scene where um Cisco gets killed, um, which I was just like, holy shit. I really took me back when that happened. And that's the kind of, you see emotion with Cisco at that point. And, you know, he has a couple of prominent scenes and the ones where his brother gets kind of kidnapped and struggling with the idea that he's not the favorite one and all the rest of it. There's a, there's some good, good episodes with him in. Um, but that turning point for him is quite a prominent one. And Caitlin's got a few as well. Um, she kind of uh, changes a little bit more in the, in the second series, but you know, losing she's struggling with the loss of Ronnie know, her Raymond. fiance. Yeah, and I knew and you were then, struggling with the name. <laughs> I know all the names, man. It's all the names, but Ronnie Ronnie comes back into it, obviously. Um, Not for long enough for me. I, I was really, I was, I was gutted actually. I was yeah. pleased when they said that the as soon as I, they said Ronnie Raymond, I thought, hang on, are they really going to go down that road? Because from from the Justice League point of view, Firestorm was always was always quite a prominent member. So I thought, well, if, yeah. they, if they manage to do that well, he's one of the most powerful characters around. And and then they started doing it, and it was you know that he was the Burning Man, wasn't he, or the 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 Man on Fire, or whatever. He looks no, he looked amazing he though, didn't he? I love the, the CGI on was him. brilliant when they were showing him, and then you've it's got perfect. Caitlin's doing her best um, super sleuth impression, finding him, and and then the, the then they, then they went into ultra science mode when they go and find Martin Stein and and Harrison's come up with the, the Firestorm Matrix and the merge and everything and I, I was actually Stein's, disappointed when yeah. they when they got rid of Ronnie and they brought in Jax. I'm not a big fan of Jax. Whose no. side note is actually English. I didn't realise he's from London. Wow. I've I've started following him on Instagram and he's putting up videos and he's He's cockney as hell, which is weird. I thought it was sad that they did that, and I wonder whether the actor had different commitments because it just he felt... Did. He was in the middle of... He, since he's been doing this, um, yeah. Robbie Amell, who, side note, is Stephen Amell, i.e. the Arrow's uh, cousin. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think while he was doing see, the back end of season one of The Flash, he was doing a film, and I think he's sort of having his... Is transference into you know slightly bigger films. Trying to, yeah. They, but they've it was good. They they obviously brought him back. We won't go into it in in season two, and that was really good to see him back because I actually really like him as an actor and as yeah. a character. He was very very good, and he was done well. And the dynamics with Caitlin and the way 
him and Cisco have got that sort of big and little brother relationship going on. And yeah, the relationships are the key elements of it to me. I mean, that that group within the Star Labs are, are really good, but obviously um, Barry's relationship with Joe um, and Barry's relationship with his dad. And Barry's relationship with, that, with um, Iris, which is, you know, yeah, you're my, technically that's... you're my adopted sister, but I want to do rude things to you. Yeah, and... it's... It's a bit weird that, but you know Barry's dad's cool about it, which kind of works. Jo- Joe's a really well played. We, we've um, got to mention character. Barry's dad getting John Wesley Ship, who played the the Flash in the nineties, was a stroke of yeah. genius. It was absolute genius, and every time he's on, I love him. I absolutely yeah. love him. And he's he, got that he kind of experienced actor element, hasn't he? And you can just see that it's comfortable to him. And I, I like that about actors in TV series because you can feel the ones that are reaching a little bit. I think Dr. Stein is the, is the one for me. Um, it you know seems what I was so overplayed. I, I was actually going to say Iris's dad. I, I sometimes think Jesse Martin, I don't, yeah. think he, I don't think he's a believable cop. I really he doesn't. Don't. He's not a good cop. Let's put it that way. No, he's, I, he's I, not I, a I good cop. But I think his relationship with Barry is is nice. That's I think they have some good grace. moments together. So. His saving grace is that it, as bad as I think he is as a cop, when it switches to the family stuff and they start talking about you know the the role model, the way he he obviously had his own family that was ripped apart by his yeah. wife leaving, but he was still able to step up and take in this kid and basically become his father because he felt an obligation to his dad and you know that side of it is brilliant and completely agree with what you've just said that the the relationships is really what drives the show because you can see them all they've got their own friendships haven't they and gradually they start to build in with each other like joe first isn't very trusting of star labs and then he sort of he accepts that what they're doing they they they've always got barry's best interests and they just want to make him better and stronger and yeah. Barry getting in with that crowd and he starts to eat. I mean, he now trusts them with his life. You know, if Cisco tells him to do something or Caitlin tells him to do something, he's going to do it because he knows they know their shit. They're both scientists and they they know his body better than he does, don't they? You know, they're yeah, always yeah. monitoring his yeah, vitals. Yeah, I and I think it's right time. We're going to talk about metahumans and villains, but we'll just have a quick break first. You're listening to the Enfield and This Podcast Channel. The Anfield Index, the Anfield Index podcast channel. The Anfield Index podcast channel. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market okay we are back again and i think as rory said before this seems like a really good time after talking about the good side of the cast let's look at the bad so we've we've already mentioned tom kavanagh playing harrison wells aka earbud thorne as, who is one of it's the many evil, reverse flash? Evil, evil, evil. We evil talk about good villains on this on this pod. He is, you know, as the reverse flash, he's downright scary at times. Yeah, you know, he, that, he is that, evil that, incarnate. That, that that level of he sort of Heath Ledger, Joker, Darth Vader level of of genuine terror. That shaking hand where he's going to basically stab you in the heart. I was yeah. just like, shit. This is. This is intense, you know. It's it's a really, really uh, kind of scary moment when he's approaching Cisco on that that episode, and he plays it so well. It's it's a great on you know that was the bit that kept the first series really alive. I mean, there's some great other elements to it, and there's some other really good villains, but you know that particular storyline was just you just wanted to know what was going to happen. You just had to watch and watch and watch because. It was exciting, and it's 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 a really really good part, and he and he plays. That's why he's great because he plays the Reverse Flash so well, and then he plays Harrison Wells so well. It's, yeah, it's and, and I actually perfect. prefer the Harrison Wells side. I love the bits where he's Harrison Wells ninety nine percent, and then right at the very end, you get a little one percent of of evil just dribbles through. Like clever, you, you, you see all the bits. You know, he, he's so good at convincing. Oh, Barry, I'm doing this so that you can travel in time, so that you can go back and save your mum. And, you know, I, I just want you to be the best Flash that you can be because I want to kill you and because I hate you and I'm obsessed with you. And he's brilliant. I mean, the, the reverse Flash, for anyone that that cares, the reverse Flash is basically the ultimate nemesis for the Flash. That There's there's been multiple. Eobard Thorne's actually the second. There's the, There was one for Jay Garrett called um, the rival, Edward Claris. Then there's been Eobard Thorne. Then there's been Hunter Zolomon. Then there's been two others. One of them, the fourth one, whose name I forget, and then the, the most recent one is actually called Daniel West. So I think he's from the the um, Barry slash Irish bloodline in some way. Yeah. 
but he is every inch the supervillain. You know, he is the Joker. He is Doctor Doom to the Fantastic Four, or you know, Magneto to the to the X Men, or whatever. He's he's the the villain that never goes away. He's always in the background, and the the Flash's villains are often referred to as the the Rogues. You know, Captain yeah. Cold and what have you, but. Beneath it all, there's always the reverse flash. So the, I think this was a really ballsy move for them to go straight in with the ultimate villain in the first season. I, they, I mean, I they brought him after, after half a dozen episodes. Thing. That is brave because if the show was struggling, they were about to take the biggest risk. Well, you've, throwing you've the big played film. your ace. You've played yeah. your ace straight away. And, and I think that's what shocked me. And I think... We will do a, a second series kind of pod when it when it wraps up and and it is improving. But I think the second series, I you know, it doesn't have the same villain for me. I, I'm not I'm not as gripped by it because, and I think that's the other risk with it. You're you're playing your your ace in the first series and you, you know you're playing your best actor as well f- for it. And I think it's just so perfectly portrayed. And and that's what you know every episode's great. And there's some really good you know, villains throughout it. it. It's it's that great concept where, you know, obviously they can go off the comic book arc and they can you can bring in the well known villains and stuff, but they can kind of invent their own if they want to. Do you know what I mean? I mean Grod's got a part and he's never been in any I, I was major film. So happy that they brought Grod in because when when we've spoken before about the limited budget, the 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 two that I, I saw people talking about online that people wanted yeah, were the two that were going to be the hardest to animate, which because they're one hundred percent CGI, King Shark and Gorilla Grodd. King Shark's amazing. <laughs> King Shark has been done incredibly well. Yeah, you, you see him for a TV in, budget. It's incredible. It, it's a movie character, isn't it? On a TV budget, and in yeah. the last the last couple of episodes, they've really delved into it, and he's been yeah. in it a lot. And that their budget must have been stretched for the second season to accommodate that. But Gorilla Grodd was done very well because all the other people, you've still got a huge element of live action, haven't you? And then yeah, they're adding do. CGI for the powers or whatever the projectile they can shoot out. Yeah, of. storms or yeah, like throw, storms. frozen guns or golden guns or whatever you want to Yeah, invent, so you, you, you know? you've got storms from the Weather Wizard and you've got Multiplex who, they have that little transition where he clones himself, but obviously it's he's still shooting those scenes and they just stitch them together. So there's a, yeah, a big yeah. physical element. But when you're talking about Grodd, you're talking about a, what, an eight-foot gorilla that's purely CGI and all the work that must go into it and how well they did. It, it didn't look cheesy. It didn't look... No, it didn't oh, no, look I was 80s B movie. It, it really did look it. like an eight-foot gorilla. It, I, I thought he looked... I don't see how it could have been done any better. And the way they introduced him, the, the gradual nature with the, you know, the trailer breadcrumbs of these crimes that are happening and... Yeah, and he was in his kind of underground kind of lair. Kind yeah, of, uh, he was implied, it. wasn't he? He didn't just come out and go, bang, there's a big fucking gorilla killing people. <laughs> it was, you know, it, it was an implied thing. It's like like Godzilla films and, and Jaws. You know, it's what you don't see that builds the suspense for when you do see it and you go, oh my God, he's a giant fucking gorilla that can control people. <laughs> and on the face of it, you'd probably say that that is one of the stupidest villains going, oh wow, it's a oh, science it's- experiment gone wrong. It's it's hard to get. That's the thing when when you take these things on. If you read it, like and obviously not comic book format, but if they if they dumb down the script and you read it the way they'd appear, you'd be like, "What the hell is this series about?" You know, yeah. it's, 
one week it's this guy that can do this and and you're just like this isn't going to work this isn't going to be believable um this isn't going to have the kind of real emotional narrative to it and actually they do really pull it off it, you know people aren't completely on board with the flash and and those kind of people i i, I get it because it isn't you know people like the gritty nature of the marvel you know universe on, on netflix and they like that kind of even works in the arrow because the arrow's not as over the top in, in its kind of you know superhuman powers element of things so it doesn't have that so i get that it isn't it's a bit of a stretch for people but actually if you just take it on face value it's it's one of the funnest things i've watched for quite a long time but it's also well acted and well produced and yeah it really blew me away actually i I, I couldn't get enough of that first series. I had to watch it like quickly as humanly possible when I discovered it. So, and episode seventeen, they they threw a real curveball in episode seventeen called Tricksters. So they go and dig up uh, a character that was previously portrayed in the nineteen nineties TV show, and rather than doing the obvious thing of saying right, well you know we'll we'll get a younger guy to do it, we'll give him a snazzy costume, they go and get Mark Hamill. They put him in his exact costume with his exact raggedy hair and get him to just act as camp and over the top and ridiculous as he was. And of course, it's Mark Hamill, so he absolutely slays it. And yeah. he was brilliant. It was a really... That it's was incredibly cheesy. camp. It was it's camp. Incredibly it's camp. Top. It stinks of Gorgonzola. It reeks. But it was brilliant because, it was for me, it was a nice little flashback to the times when that's what comics were. It wasn't it's, about the CGI. It was just pure cheese. Yeah. And I think you've got to remember that. Like, people want to take these things really seriously. And, you know, I've read criticisms on Marvel and various other things. And I'm like, you do realise it's entertainment at the yeah. end of the day. Do you know what I mean? I, I get you want... Look, I like to go and watch Jessica Jones because, look, it's dark, really dark. And Daredevil's, like, extremely dark and edgy and... Gritty and the accents feels real, um, and I'm on board with that. But at the same time, you can't expect all comics to be told in that narrative no. because only adults you know, would read them. Exactly, the and they the were always known as a family orientated thing. So yeah, and and you've got to remember the age when a lot of these characters were written. These a lot of these characters oh, were God, written yeah. like the the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, people Captain weren't America. going to be dark and edgy you know you weren't going to have dark psychopath characters in that era because comics were in their infancy it was captain america the ultimate poster child yeah it was, and he was, it was cheesy, probably the cheesiest thing you've ever known i'd imagine in those years captain pretty america. much i mean it, it would have felt like an advert for the u.s military like a you know come and work for us kind of thing yeah it those, was, those it, uncle sam posters we want you to fight for your yeah, country yeah, yeah, exactly I'm, I'm actually on my couch now when i'm looking I've got two blown up covers on my wall and I've got an Iron Man one and there's Captain America. You are looking at the American flag wrapped around a man with a big fuck off shield. And then you've got Spider-Man <laughs> and Superman and they're all camp. And oh, the, God, yeah. the only one I can think, the only recent comic character I can think of is Harley Quinn, who was devised for the animated series, who's gone on and actually lasted. But, you know, th- these characters that they're talking about, Gorilla Grodd was probably devised in the, the 70s and the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So if it was a bit of a cheesy idea, 40 years ago, it was probably the best idea going, wait a minute, th- there's this gorilla that's <laughs> been experimented on. 
he's he's inherit you know he's he's developed psychic abilities but now he's really pissed off about it and he wants to get his own back that was groundbreaking you know yeah. it's easy to forget that when jaws came out jaws was terrifying we look at it now and going but you you can see the latex you can see where it's ripped but when you first watch it in the 70s it was oh my god there's a giant shark and it's killing everyone and no one like i always talk to my parents about jaws and and they said that people were literally afraid of going their water yeah. even in the uk do you know what i mean yeah. like my I mean, mom and dad have said the same thing people wouldn't swim even though you don't get sharks over here and people <laughs> were terrified it's it's that element of it and i think you've got to remember that you know comics What's comics so good about all these comics? I mean, comics are great, but what's so good about all of this is that actually they are done tastefully with the original comics in mind. You know, Ant-Man, we keep saying, because we love it, but we keep saying it's such a bold concept to do. And I kind of am, um, it's Marvel, obviously, but I, I am kind of glad Edgar Wright, even if he doesn't get the credit, is the one that pushed it. Because he, he's the kind of guy that's, that's probably a visionary enough to, think it'll work because he's got that kind of creative license to, to you know, he's great creative mind, one of my favorite directors. And I think you've got to look at the people that are involved in all of these elements and, I mean, and you've got to congratulate them for really having the balls to make it work. I know they want to make money and I know Disney wants to make money, but it still takes an awful lot for all of this to work. And I think the flash again was quite a risky move to do in this way, in this premise. And I think it's a massive success. And the, the the big one going going to the personnel that the one who takes pretty much all the plaudits for me it's Greg Belanti. The, the, this whole it, it's now being dubbed the Arrowverse simply because Arrow got there yeah. first. But the whole Arrowverse is Greg Belanti's baby. But yeah. you've also got Andrew Kreisberg and Jeff Johns. I mean, Jeff Johns has got a little bit of comic pedigree because he's worked on Smallville. He's also then working on Arrow and The Flash. So they've got yeah. this team that's linked seamlessly. Now, three shows, they've done Arrow, they've then produced The Flash, they've then produced Legends. So they've got, uh, the, I always I mention a lot on Twitter, Emergency Awesome on YouTube. If you don't follow them, Charlie is brilliant. when it, He knows more, he's like a library of comic book information. He makes me look like a more of a moron than I actually am when it comes to <laughs> comics. And he said that their shows are actually written in consecutive rooms. So they could literally be writing a show and pop next door and be like, well, what do you think if we, you know, if we, if we borrow Barry for this episode? Oh, well, we were thinking, what about if Oliver comes in on this one? And they, it's the same team. The teams work together. Yeah. They blend seamlessly. And you can tell that the way they've created this universe, and in fairness, they've done it very quickly. They, they've come up with this and yeah, they've they molded it in two, three years to get it really established. So sort of two seasons of Arrow, one season of The Flash. They yeah. got this done and they got it down and now they've perfected it. Now they're starting to be bold. They've brought in Legends of Tomorrow, which has got a much bigger main cast. There's the potential for other things to, to go on. You know, there's there's, talk, there's a Teen Titans show in, in the make and I don't think that's CW, but you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And Greg Belanti is now involved on Supergirl Originally, when, when Supergirl started, everyone was saying, are you going to get it, get the Flash involved? Because we, we've said in the past, Arrow is the more believable show. You know, Arrow was more, yes. the first couple of seasons was almost all about training with a bit of science. There was no meta, there was no, no it was no, all no, just no, people. No. Whereas the Flash and Supergirl are obviously out there, alien from another planet, 
and then you've got um, you know science accident that creates this you know this superhuman. And, and, and originally, the, the, the showrunners of Supergirl said, no, we're, we're not doing this. We are not interested. This is our property. Then something's changed. And all of a sudden, Supergirl is sort of, I don't know how much, but it's fallen under Greg Belanti's umbrella. And straight away, he wanted to get the two linked because the guy's not thick. He knows that whenever no. they do the Arrow and Flash crossovers, the ratings spike. You, it, that then attracts people. Well, hang on, I've never watched Flash before, but he, he was on he was on Arrow and he looked really yeah. good. So then people go back and same with Supergirl. And yeah. I think but, the way they make it work with the two of them, it's great because they don't just bring Barry across, they bring Cisco and Caitlin across and, 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 and sometimes Versa they and do it without. Sometimes it's just Cisco. I mean, we we mentioned you know, the recent King yeah. Shark episode, they've just taken Diggle and Lila. The rest of yeah, them a bit random as it was, but still, it you was know. good. You know, it, it's showing that then they are giving the rest of the cast their own sort of space, aren't they, to to stretch yeah. the legs and the the, the the supporting characters. You you would have to say on the Flash, it's obviously this is Barry, this is Barry's show. Then you've got the Star Labs people, then you've got Iris and Joe, and then you've got yeah. the people in the police department. But then they're all getting off to go and do their things. You know. Cisco develops some weapon, develops armor for for uh, Green Arrow. Yeah. He develops the Canary uh, Cry collar for for Laurel, and he's he's doing bits and pieces for everyone. And you know he, he, the way they're doing it is, I, I love it. I, I can't fault it. I mean, I, I feel as strongly about this as as I did about you know Nolan's Batman universe. I think it they've got the DC universe down, and it's only going to be limited by their imagination and their budget. I think it's great for a DC fan like yourself to have this platform as well because I think the films would never have really gone in this direction, I don't think. I mean, no. obviously, we'll talk about the Aaron Suicide Squad kind of links into there, but to make a Suicide Squad film with all the cast they've got is, is quite a bold thing to do, do you know what I mean? It's not something... I mean... I've got my reservations about Batman versus Superman and they're, they're very big ones because... I'm really dubious if it'll actually work. Well, I, I mean, I'm I, just going to say the two words why most people, I would say probably 90% of people that are hesitant about it is because of two words, Zack Snyder. Completely. And, and I, I know I don't know if Ben um, is beef on Twitter. I don't know whether he listens. Yeah. But he would boil Zack Snyder alive if he could. He feels that strongly about I, his level of ineptitude. <laughs> it's not, for me... Because I like Watchmen, so I, I, you know. But for me, it's it's the way the films look. Basically, just, Michael it's very Bay hard. The explosions, it, really. Well, yeah, but it's really hard to go from a Nolan film, you know, in that style and that edge, and then go to something that looks like Sin City, but Sin City worked because it was it Frank was original Miller. and it was dark. It was the darkest thing I saw at the time. You know, it it's covered... still one of the darkest things I've well, seen. Well, I mean, yeah, if anyone watches it. that goes down in there that's just God, Elijah Wood's weird. character is just beyond and the guy that turns all green and paedophile and all the rest of it, it's just like, holy shit, this is really heavy, but it works because it's, it's so well acted and so cleverly done and produced. But a Batman vs Superman film won't work like that. And, and I just, I can't... I'm just struggling with it because, I, you know, as good as it is that it's kicking on in DC and it's producing things that, that we kind of all want to see, um, I'm just, I've got, I've got some serious concerns about it. So I'm I th- hoping, I think you're right. And, and I'm that, hoping, potentially. I mean, it's tricky. I, I said recently that 
I went to watch Deadpool at the IMAX and then the two trailers for Civil War and, and Batman vs. Superman came on. I, I, you know, Civil War got me off my seat almost. I, I just cannot wait more than anything to watch that film. And it's not just because I'm a Marvel fan. It's because it just looks the most perfectly produced and poised film I've seen in an awful long time. Yeah. Um, and all the character development and the way it's done just looks incredible. Um, I've said to Batman a lot of people Superman about that. I, I think scares that, me. I think it's going to be my favourite film of all time. Not because it's a comic film. I think it's going to be a great film. You I think take, it's going to be a great film. You could take the costumes off. We, all, we, we, know we love that, the Winter Soldier. So I think if they if they can produce the level of Winter Soldier in terms of the, the style and the narrative and the, the edge to it, and then introduce these other characters. It's and just up in the scale, isn't it? We, we basically no, we want Winter yeah. Soldier on steroids. on like We, the, want, the we want Winter scale. Soldier meets the Avengers, yeah. And if and, they and, get it to work, it'll be incredible. And that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like it's got the scale with the edge and with the grit and I, yeah. I do wonder if that's one of the reasons why dc have been so hesitant to have one universe because if, yeah. they, if they did this right if they did you know by the time the justice league film comes out arrow could have had i think six or seven seasons yeah. flash could be on four or five if they were to take those characters and it doesn't translate to the big screen because I don't think it would be a problem for Stephen Amell. He's already made the leap. You know, he's in the next Turtles film. He's going yeah. big places. You know, if, if those two for some reason failed, it would then, you'd think, have a negative impact on the TV viewing figures. And that's the only logical argument I can think for not having it. Because to me as a fan, the, the single universe is the best thing. You have something happens on TV. You then have a two-hour film that talks about it. And then you have another episode of the TV show that talks about what happened in the two-hour film, like yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. picking up after the second Thor film, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. picking up after the events of The Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah and we said it could be seamless that, that the Marvel Netflix series just link in some of the characters and they, they talk about some of the elements of, you know, they, they can easily do that because it's it's so well produced and so well thought out and so well planned, you know, and I think that's the, you know, the, the DC Batman versus Superman just looks like they've gone, right, let's throw everything we can think at it that will attract an audience. And that includes the marketing budget. Cause I don't think I've ever seen a film this heavily marketed. In I, all I of must my life. admit, none of the Marvel films have been rammed down my throat as much as Batman versus Superman has. I mean, no, and on, the Civil on, on the War elements home, of things. On Civil the drive War home today, of I, yeah. I have lost track of the number of Batman and Superman posters I'm seeing. Like, yeah, and you can fly to Gotham. But, oh, yeah. No, it's not Gotham. Where can you fly with Turkish Airlines? Because it's driving me nuts. Um, How we can travel. Metropolis. Metropolis, of course you can. Um, it's I just ridiculous. And you can get a, you can get a meerkat doll of Batman or Superman if they've you fancy really, They've it. really pissed me off with that because yeah. Sergei is my, Sergei is my favourite one, but they've made him <laughs> Superman. So if I have to get Sergei, I have to get both because I need to get Sergei to get Sergei, but Alexander to get Batman. Of course you do. You're sticking with all your pop art dolls. Um, I'm nervous though. I am really, really nervous, and I'm I'm worried if it does. I don't think it'll have an impact on the TV series and. And I do think the Flash will go. Hopefully, from strength to strength, it's 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 getting better as season. Yeah, two the, kind of you know, goes as on. Season two um, has ploughed on, but as as we've said before earlier on, the sort of anchor that that holds the show down is the big bad. So season one, it was the Reverse Flash. Season two, it's Zoom, who technically 
is a reverse flash. Season yeah, three but... is going to be very big for them because I, I must admit, I didn't want them to do another reverse flash, but they've no. done it in a different way because they brought the Earth 2 element in. They haven't made it just a rehash, but season three now, which has already been confirmed, it's been re- uh, renewed, so Flash is getting season three, like Tomorrow's be. getting season two, and Arrow's getting season five, which yeah. blows my mind to think that they will have made five seasons, 20, 23, 24 episodes long, about the Green Arrow, a guy who just yeah. shoots bow and arrow, he's got no power. Pushing, pushing 100 episodes is that, quite a remarkable thing. That's insane. That That is just insane to me. It's like Smallville. I never knew that Smallville would get 10 seasons. It's Superman it's, before he was Superman. It's barmy. Yeah, but you, it you never know what the appetite for, for, for these shows is like. But the yeah, season three is going to be a very interesting one because they've used... A lot of villains. They've no, used, yeah, they've used we, so many. We, we I mean, kind of talked about average. it a little bit, but you know, the metahuman count is through the roof on this. They it's must like have used twenty. 20 I was going to say twenty to twenty-five villains because they've got the two reverse flashes, but then every episode they've got a new one. So just looking through an episode list, you go weather, uh, weather wizard, then you go multiplex, then you go. Oh, what was Kyle Nimbus's name? Uh, uh, Mist. Yeah. So in the first three episodes, three episodes, three villains. Then you've yeah. got episode four, in comes Captain Cold. Episode five, Plastic. Can we, can we touch upon Pla- uh, Captain Cold and how we both think it's terribly active I, I think we have to because I've been working on my Captain Cold impression, but I seem to have lost it this evening. I just, I like the guy. I really do like Wentwood Miller. I think he's he was great in Prison Break. Ignore the fact that I think Prison Break was only one season and I refuse... Well, it was, it was only one season. I refuse it, to acknowledge anything that happened season. afterwards. No one, if anyone hasn't ever watched Prison Break, this comes up on Twitter a lot because it's quite a hyped thing. Just watch season one. Don't, and then don't, stop. Just stop. There's, yeah. there's certain, certain things in life where you should just watch one... I've only watched season one of True Detective. I've stayed quite honest myself. Oh, I'm so... Yeah, season two was shit. Yeah, and I don't want to do that to myself because no. I like the actors involved in it, but if it's crap, and season one is one of my favourite series ever produced, True Detective is incredible. Definitely. And I, I don't want to, you know, like Prison Break I kept watching because I thought, right, it's got to get good again. It doesn't. It's, yeah. it's terrible. And that's the thing with it. And he's great in that. And everyone predicted he's going to be the, the pin-up poster boy you know, he's kind of a little, it looks, you know, like the guy from Entourage, it's the same principle. It's that kind of actor who's very attractive and that attracts a certain audience. And he's also, you know, in a, a really kind of bold series and he's got this tattoo all over his body of the, you know, escape plans and all the yeah. rest of it. But he plays with the same kind of approach to every character I've ever seen him do now. So he's just so one-dimensional. He's very and flat. He's just so flat. I mean... I like and to I bring like, his brother like in as well. I like bring his brother villains. In. You know, you, you want you want your villains. Like we always go to Heath Ledger and the Joker. You know, he he couldn't have been any more the Joker if he tried. He lived oh, that Christ. role, and, and ultimately, it, it contributed in some way to his death. It, well, quite and, a lot of way by what you read. The, yeah. the opposite way with Captain Cold. You know, he, there's no emotion, and I I don't like ever. Him. He, he's very flat no matter what he's doing. He's believable in terms of he's a normal guy, he's a criminal, so he's quite clever. You know, he, you know he's, he's good at breaking and entering, but then ultimately he's just got this weapon. So it's no, totally it's just... it's believable. But he is an actor, 
I think is doing this a great disservice. And then they did the worst and most predictable thing by getting his mate from prison breaking. His and, brother from prison break. Yeah, yeah they've, they've and, just... And, and then the I, think, I think equally as bad, I think that the sisters played equally as bad. Yeah, well, Golden Glad. She just, just doesn't work for me. So I think those elements aside, and there are a few of them in the flash, and you can't hide the fact that there are imperfections. There always will be. Um, and they're imperfections from the probably the most experienced or more well-known actors in the, in the process. And it's kind of just... You know, it's probably just a cheap kick for them. And I, I just, I think it's quite sad because he's so emotionless that no matter what storyline he's in, you just don't believe it or no, care. You don't, you know, no, that's it. You, if they don't put the emotion in, you won't put the emotion in. They don't suck you into the show. So if, if he was to get shot, you wouldn't give a shit. You know, if he was oh, to no. die, you would brush it under the table. Whereas if Tom Kavanagh, uh, you know, was to die or say, I, w- I was just going to, we are sort of running out of time because we, we, we do sort of ramble on and it's very difficult for us to keep it down to an hour. Yeah. But if you, if you go to the last episode, the way Eddie shoots himself because he realizes he's got to sacrifice himself yeah, yeah. To, to get rid of Eobard Thorne because of the way the bloodline works and the timeline will correct itself. Obviously, Eddie wasn't a villain, I'm not saying that, but no. Eddie put so much emotion into it. You believe it and you're going... I can't believe he's just done that. If Captain yeah. Cold had got killed, you would have gone, eh, when's Gorilla Grog coming back? It just... You wouldn't have you wouldn't have blinked. You you wouldn't have blinked no. at all. And and that's the element with it. And that's why I think we we do think it's a massive success because Barry Allen is excellently played and he's he's the key in all of it. And whenever he's on screen, especially um with Harrison Wells, yeah. it just it just works. And their, their dynamic is brilliant on you've got the sort of mentor mentee approach then you've also got the sort of the father-son approach he he certainly looks up to harrison as as a father figure and he's obviously taken on board what he's saying and that makes the betrayal all the more brilliant because then it it doesn't just hurt that he's been lied to it's he's been lied to on such a deep level for so long by someone that he, he he must have been you know starting to revere the guy he already revered him from a scientific point of view, but then he started to on a personal level. And it made that betrayal is just Shakespearean dagger in the heart level of 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 pain. Yeah, it's brilliant and, and the concept is brilliant. And like we said, they did kind of play the ace. They did play it. Um and it I worked. Think, you know, I still think it's it's got room to grow and develop and there's other elements it can bring in. But as a standalone series, it's excellent. It really, really is excellent. And I do think everyone should watch it and don't be stubborn like me and have any initial self-fears about it. Just go and enjoy it yeah, because it's a great series. And we, we are, we, we've touched on some elements of, of season two, but we, we've tried to stay away from it because it's going to finish at some point in the next few months. Yeah. We're then going to come back and revisit it and, and do a a season two because there's so much of these shows with them being 24 episodes yeah, or 23 episodes we can't talk in in the detail we would like to no That's we why would it, but it, we, we, can't. we would love to we would love to get a couple of guests on and do it we, we could literally do a three-hour pod talking about just one season yeah but, but i think our two fans would would go down to maybe yeah. half yeah, so Listen, we'd only so have we one fan care. left. Either Ali or Joey's going to give up on us, and then we're in serious trouble. <laughs> so season one finishes. Um, Eddie shoots himself. The timeline corrects itself. Eobard 
disappears into the ether. But in doing so, they've opened up this gigantic wormhole. They don't know how to stop it. So Barry does the thing that any any good hero does. He just idiotically runs directly into it and figures out that he'll, <laughs> he'll work it out on the other side. And that that was a really good, that was a great little um, way to end because they'd yeah, already teased the idea, the, the elements of, of Earth 2. And when, when Barry was traveling back in time to save his mum, you got the... You got uh, Caitlin as Killer Frost. You got to see the the Flash Museum, and you, th- there was an image, wasn't there, of Barry in prison? So you start yeah. thinking, well, you know, things had gone wrong, and say Barry was charged with his mum's murder or something. So they they left us on a, a well established DC fact of the multiverse, where we are on Earth One, we are the Prime Earth. Every other Earth out there has got the same people on it, but they're in different configurations. So goodies are bad, baddies are good, cops are villains. You know, it's, they really did set us up for what I, I've preferred season two over season one because they brought the Earth 2 element in. And I love that. Because I'm not a huge comic book fanboy as Stu is, especially not DC really, but that's what's harder for me to get my head around. So that's why it's taken me longer to, to kind of get into season two. And I just love season one for its more simplistic approach to things. But um, I must admit, I'm coming around. So yeah, everyone should watch it. I really do recommend it. And we will be back soon. We are going to cover things, you know, Deadpool and got Arrow to talk about and there's loads of other stuff we've got to do soon. So we're going to be much more regular again, I would hope. Yeah, we are. Um, there shouldn't be any more four-week gaps. There might be the occasional time where we're going to leave a two-week gap if we're talking about something like a big film. We, we've obviously got a lot of films coming up that we want to cover. We are going to do Batman, Superman. Civil War is going to be a very difficult one to do in terms of timing and guests. Because yeah. that, that's the kind of thing where we need to get one or two people on. Oh, yeah, and, we and do. we're, we're oh, going to we'll, be fighting we'll, off. We'll nail it, yeah. I, I think we're, we're going to have to have gags on that one. I think we do. I think we do. Gags, it, gags will be itching to yeah, get back and big man needs to come Avengers back on for that. quiz, quiz, quiz failings from, yeah. from previous times. Study right. up. And we, as we've said, we, we will come back and revisit The Flash when season two's finished. We'll be back soon with Arrow. We've got Deadpool coming up, hopefully in a week and a half's time. And uh, until then, from Rory Knight, we will see you later. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.